Hi there. I'm Keith Cauley, and this is Thrive, a Bridgestone America's podcast where we explore our company through compelling conversations with teammates across our organization. New technologies, connectivity, materials, and consumer demands continue to drive an evolution in mobility led by a combination of both traditional industry leaders and startup disruptors alike. One primary area we're seeing this convergence is in original equipment manufacturing, or OEMs. At Bridgestone, we're an OEM. E tire supplier for well-established vehicle makers like GM, Ford, Honda, and more. But increasingly, we are exploring new partnerships with new-to-the-market car makers or emerging OEMs to co-create together and stay on top of the cutting edge in the mobility revolution. Today, we chat with Cassiano Policarpo, Senior Director of OE Business Development at Bridgestone Americas, and Brooke Helsley, Senior Director of Service Merchandising and Strategic Planning for Bridgestone Retail operations. They can help tell us about how we're evaluating opportunities and what Bridgestone can bring to the table in this rapidly growing space. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, we are joined today uh, by uh, two leaders in a space that uh, we're going to say the word emerging a lot today, I think, but talking about a segment of original equipment, which is a big area of business for Bridgestone and entire manufacturers as a, in an industry but the emerging aspect of original equipment and where not just our OE team, but also other areas of the Bridgestone business are tying into this kind of business opportunity. So we're joined by Cassiano Policarpo, Senior Director of OE Business Development and Operations. Thanks for joining us, Cassiano. Thanks for having me, Keith. Yeah, and we're here with Brooke Helsley, also a Senior Director of Service Merchandising and Strategic Planning for Bridgestone Retail Operations. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Keith. Yeah, and excited to see where the retail operations comes in as we tie these things together. But we always like to start, uh, as listeners of the podcast know, with learning a little bit about each of you. So we'll go far away to closer. Let's start with Cassiano. What's your journey been to your role at Bridgestone and really to Bridgestone even before your current role? So I've been in Bridgestone for over 20 years already, mm -hmm. uh, just uh, out of college. <laughs> I graduated in engineering and uh, with emphasis on automotive engineering and always wanted to work with uh, product development. And then I started on what we used to call South America Technical Center at that moment as a, as a development engineer there in Brazil. After that, of course, I moved through different roles uh, in Latin America, went to sales, sales coordination, uh, moving into Nashville in 2015 when we reinforced our corporate Latin America team. And since then, uh, I moved now three years ago to the to the OE team in North America, working with Shannon and uh, now David. And uh, just one year ago, I moved to this new role of a business development and, and operations. And we are focused on really looking into uh, this emerging OE space and expand our process and our business there in this space. And there you go. So coming from South America now up to Nashville, you said Shannon, who is Shannon Quinn, Shannon um, Quinn. who is now leading our emerging OE kind of overall strategy and effort. And then David Coletti, who's newly hired as the president of our original equipment. Correct. OE. Yes. Perfect. All right. So, Brooke, how about you? Where yeah. Where's your journey? been taking you these well, days? Well, honestly, I go back right right early in my career. I got into product management and merchandising. And so I started my career at Hallmark Card. So really very female-focused products. 
took a drastic change in 14 years ago and got into the aftermarket automotive. So my first stop there was with AutoZone, which is a do-it-yourself retailer, very much front of shop, back of shop type. And then around four years ago, I got the opportunity to come over to Bridgestone Retail Operations as their director of service merchandising. So with Bridgestone, I'm really responsible for all the sales in the store besides tires. So, which is quite a bit of the sales year from your brake jobs to your oil changes and everything in between. And then about 18 months ago, um, took on a little bit more of the strategy side of the business. The, uh, the team is really over the mobility solutions integration within BSRO, as well as our project management team and then business innovation, which is where this EV market really fits in with the emerging OEMs. And so it's it's been a great ride so far, and that's that's where I am. Yeah, and I, I think it's an interesting. We got two different backgrounds of expertise and perspective, right? That show the width of Bridgestone as a business, but where now it all intersects as we do the North Star. You talk about mobility solutions. Um, I think we could do a whole other podcast and dive into uh, your time at Hallmark. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's probably something that I shouldn't say, but my wife and I watch way too many Hallmark movies. I think we have opportunity <laughs> for some integrations with aftermarket automotive yes. services and and having a whole storyline around that. But that's for that's for <laughs> a different episode. day. Let's focus on the uh, the emerging original equipment, emerging OE world, or EOE, I guess is how we'll we'll refer to it throughout the conversation. Cassiano, what does, at the very base level to start, what does emerging original equipment mean? So we we started this approach on the, and we are calling emerging OEMs, all those companies that are coming into the market, like startup companies, smaller companies with a different business proposition to, to manufacture BEVs, the battery electric vehicles, and sell them with a different business model as well. Companies like, uh, well, you can relate to Tesla, Lucid, Rivian, Fisker, and, and so on and so forth. So we started to call them emerging OEs. Now, as we expanded this approach and we accelerated, it starts to talk and work with other companies. Uh, we are talking to, for instance, autonomous vehicle software development companies today. So we are actually changing a little bit from the EOE to the NMP, new mobility players. We love our acronyms more and oh, more. Yeah. Yes, always. So that's that's what it means. So we are looking into those new players into the automotive space, either building a vehicle or developing softwares for autonomous vehicles. So It's a fascinating thing because the traditional tire or automotive industry, we think about them as vehicles and then some of the supplier goods and the tires being that that we supply to the original equipment manufacturers. But we've heard Paolo in the North Star Strategy, right, talk about, and Ishua Shibashi, the global CEO, talk about the sustainable solutions. And people are like, what do solutions mean? But it is this whole evolution of the vehicle being more data-driven, connected, all of these things as part of a network almost of activity. And so this is now all in the, the new mobility player. Is that what you New mobility players space. Yes, yes, the NMP, of course, the <laughs> NMP space that we know about. So EOEs, that's, that's the base. I, I was trying to read up and learn a little bit as we go into this conversation and to at least get terminology to learn about. One of the frequent phrases when talking about EOEs is that they are asset light, right? Yeah. And I think that's where some of the connectivity can come into play. But I guess maybe for, for both of you, we'll start with Cassiano. What, what does asset light mean in that regard? So not all of them works the same, but a good part of these emerging OEMs, they, they are looking into a satellite uh, uh, strategy. So a satellite company is a company that they kind of partner with uh, other companies to uh, service or to, to contract 
part of the the value chain for them to to go to market, right? So uh, we are going to talk about Fisker. Uh, Fisker is a good example because they like own the brand, but they partner with Magna for development and manufacturing. They are going to own and control like the sales process and marketing, and they are looking for a partner to to after sales, right? So that's a very good example of what an a satellite company is hmm. today. And I think it, where it comes in with, with Bridgestone Retail is the service network. So today in the in OEs, you really have the service center, at, and that's where you take your vehicle for the first bit of the warranty. And so Bridgestone Retail has always been right after you come off warranty. Our sweet spot's at four to seven to 11-year-old vehicles. But in the case of EOEMs, most of them will not have the brick-and-mortar locations. So a lot of them are standing up some some mobility, some mobile networks to, to work on vehicles, but that can't take care of everything. And so they're really coming to us once the initial conversation happens to tap into our 2200 store footprint that has one operating system and, and really that's the appeal. And so it's it's been interesting because they, they're interested A, in our brick and mortar and then also in all the mobility that we can bring along with it. So Firestone Direct as well. Well, and I think this is where I'll wander into asking questions that show that I'm, I may or may not be understanding things correctly. So uh, we, we talk about that as Fisker, for example, partners with a manufacturer. And then you said they're looking for aftermarket because in a traditional OEM sense, say a GM, right? They have dealers around the country that would provide those aftermarket services, so to speak. But a Fisker making these new EV or innovative vehicles doesn't have a dealership network. And that is where BSRO comes in. That's a, an accurate That's, you assessment. Got it. You got it. We're, pie we're piecing Perfect. the puzzle together. <laughs> Man, oh man. Happy, happy to be there. But so I think that's where one of my next questions was going to be. And you jumped in on BSRO has that opportunity. And more and more, it seems we had an announcement, right, of EV, uh, the expansion of an EV charger footprint at some of our BSRO stores. Uh, BSRO is trying to position itself into more of a network to serve in that EOEM space. Yes. Right, definitely. So really, as you think about us being complete auto care, as these EOEMs come out, we've got to be at the forefront to know what they're going to need and what the EV vehicles really are going to need. And so we've been able, about five years ago, we launched our first test down in Austin, which was a pilot, just a brick where we had a hub and spoke model, where we really have one store that is very focused on doing all the high voltage EV work. We recently launched another pilot in San Francisco, and we have you know we have capital investment to launch others. We really want to wait and see where the fleet and where the network needs us to be next. But our whole goal is to build up that platform and that footprint so we can pick it up and take it right away. But I will say that's for the high voltage, eighty percent is basic maintenance that we can do in all stores. All stores, all technicians are trained on basic EV safety. And, you know, we saw about 40,000 EV vehicles this last year. And majority of that was for tires, rotations, alignments, things that are just in our wheelhouse anyway. So all stores can do that. We have about 270 stores that have been trained in high voltage. And then we have those 44 stores that are in the network for our high voltage pilot. So as we think about you know, Kaziana, you noted the variety of the emerging OEs, the types of vehicles, the technology that they're leveraging. That seems to me like it would be an interesting, an exciting challenge maybe, but there's so much potential diversity around the types of vehicles that each individual 
company could be manufacturing in this space. Are there points, I think EV might be a central one that's a point of connectivity um, across this landscape, but then also what are in general some of the other kind of innovative things that EOEs are bringing that we're having to kind of learn and adapt to try to support? That's a good point. Uh, companies like these battery electric vehicle manufacturers, they have a different business model than autonomous vehicle companies, mm. right? So autonomous vehicle companies are companies that they will have a, a pod to provide a mobility as a service or robotech as some of them call. So the, the needs that we have to service those fleets are completely different than the, the needs or the, the infrastructure we need to, to service a final customer that's just like riding a battery electric vehicle to, to, like, to commute. Right, so uh, that those are the challenges, and we are learning with them. Uh, at some point, some of those companies are still also learning what they need, and we are working in parallel with them, collaborating, co-creating to try to bring new solutions that that will support them on their journey, and of course, accelerate our own strategy. So we talked a little bit about Fisker, and so there are some of these partnerships that we've been able to announce that our teammates may have seen references to companies and, and wanting to be interested in learning more about. Fisker, as a starting example of that list, what is what is their approach? I guess, what is that vehicle and what is their emerging OE bringing to the table? Okay, so Fisker, we started with the, the first vehicle they're going to launch is the Fisker Ocean, which is kind of a premium SUV. The business is, uh, as I mentioned before, it's a partnership with Magna to produce the vehicle. So the vehicle will be produced in Europe, in the uh, in Magna plant in Austria, and will be exported into U.S., right? So we started with uh, a regular, honestly, tire and OEM approach. And we were awarded for 100% of the tire business with Fisker on the, on the ocean platform. And soon after, we started to develop this, uh, okay, how can we support you on your satellite strategy, right? And the... Uh, I think it was December, if I'm not wrong. Uh, we were announced in France and Germany as their partners to support them on the on the service portion. And uh, we are, of course, talking to Fisker here in U.S. as well, but we cannot yet confirm anything. It's, a, it's always things on the table to grow and explore, right? Yep. That's part of the fun and, and the adventure. I, I think that's a, a, an interesting part of it, too. Like, we talk about the intersection, but... It's a strategy driven jointly to a degree, right? You've got the OE team that mm-hmm. is now looking at it, like you said, it, at the starting point a lot from traditional tire supplier, but then broaching into what else can we offer you? So how has it been between the two sides or multiple areas of Bridgestone to kind of jointly build this strategy as it emerges itself, right? To, to put the pun on it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's been natural leads. Like yeah. Cassiano's like, and, and his team are like, here we are. We have someone else that's interested what can you provide for them? And so we go in right away and just talk about our footprint. And, you know, we, we want to stretch ourselves a little bit and see because we want to stay relevant with the emerging car park. It's it's really related to our Helix, right? Our new business strategy, A, B, and C on, on core products, tire-centric solutions, and then more on the mobility solutions uh, development. And uh, we do have a, a governance process internally where we have like people like Brooke from BSRO, myself from the consumer. We, we have Tanya and Latrice on the commercial space. Ben Rosenblum was on, on FSIP, now it's uh, Volker and the, the corporate strategy team. So we do have a, what we say, let's say I can call an extended emerging OE kind of team that works together and collaborate, I think, on a weekly basis uh, to align on what needs to be done. And we go even further than that because those OEMs like Fisker, they started in Europe, they're now coming to U.S. as many of others, right? So we need to have a strong alignment also with our team in Europe to understand what, what are the pain points there and that we don't like 
step on each other's foot, right? So is it is there I guess as you develop that strategy, is there a criteria emerging that you reflect opportunities against? There's gotta be dozens of emerging OEs technically in this space, if not more. But how do you, I guess, evaluate the opportunities and decide in general kind of what's a fit and what's not for Bridgestone? You're spot right. We are like a tremendous amount of work just to map and monitor those guys, right? So we have uh, been monitoring around over 50 companies and actively uh, in engaging with around 20 companies at this moment, right? So how do we look into them as, as looking for opportunities and synergies that will help us to drive and accelerate our own strategy into this new mobility solution space, right? So how can we partner with, the, with them to develop the after-sales business or the tire sensing and the tire as a sensor also business, mobility solutions overall, and the tire core business as well. So when we find a company that has synergies with, uh, with us that can help us accelerate our strategy, that's the company that we are going to try to focus on, partner, and, and, and develop the business. What have we, I guess, learned also about ourselves that we want to partner with some people, but we're not there yet, right? Like we need to develop, like Brooke, you talked about the footprint of of EV charging and how we need to get wider in that landscape. Are there other things at BSRO that we've identified that are in our strategy plan, but we need to accelerate it to help create more viable opportunities of support? I think the two big things definitely is just serving the high voltage as well as servicing from a charging standpoint. And so we're in the process of setting up 25 charging stations will be done by the end of this quarter in Denver, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Austin. And so once we get those up and running and then we just see where we need to expand. And I think that's the whole purpose is to make sure we're set up right to expand with the emerging car park. And so you you were before emerging OEs, you were working with traditional OEs yeah. uh, in in the original uh, equipment manufacturer space. That's a lot of this focus we're talking about right now is this future, the growing area. But that's not to say that the OEs aren't going anywhere, right? And they're obviously continuing to evolve and innovate in their own way. I guess how do we now balance EOEs with our continued work in support of the OEs? That's a, that's a great question. We had this discussion the other day with our management. Uh, because there is a, like, if you see companies like GM and Ford, they are focusing a lot on accelerate their path to electrification, right? Which, which is the main focus of those guys. But some of those uh, emerging OE companies, they are backed by those companies as well, right? We have uh, Ford investing in Rivian, GM is uh, uh, investing in, in Cruise, and so on and so forth. So they are also playing on this space somehow. Like we have GM also launching the, the Bright Drop business, which has less mile delivery electric van. So there is a balance there. It's still in the beginning, but uh, uh, they will accelerate on this space as well. So not not everyone will, will win. And that's the difficult, like the $1 million question, right? Who will win to whom we, we place our bets? Yeah. And as we look at piecing together the different questions that we've gone through, a lot of the, the terminology of the North Star, right? You mentioned the helix, talking about the vision of sustainable solutions, this is kind of a North Star in action to life across different pillars. A sustainability being obviously the underlying pin of the North Star. And I think that's probably what we're seeing with a lot of the EOEs is that most of them are leading with a sustainability focus. Is that right. accurate? It's the electronic vehicle, right? To get rid of the combustion engine. And, and that's 100% accurate. So I know we've talked about EOEMs a lot, but I think the key thing that we may have left out is that they are the battery electric vehicles and that's the way it's all transitioning. 
they have a strong focus. Like Fisker, for instance, they look into all materials in the vehicle to be sustainable, recyclable, or reused on, on somehow. So they are looking into sustainability very strong. If you go to their websites, everybody has a strong sustainability message, right? That's the, the model of bringing the, the battery electric vehicles to replace the ICs. To get to this point, when did we see the first, you know, a, as an example of a Fisker owner, a fir- the EOE is really starting to emerge. How long ago was that? And how fast have we seen that explode in a sense? So if you... If you grow. Think about I don't, we shouldn't use the word. Expo- we'll be conscious grow. about vocabulary. <laughs> how how fast have we seen that space grow? Yeah. <laughs> so I think Tesla is the main example, right? Tesla started maybe a decade ago ish, mm. and uh, now they are in value, right? They are going like their value in the markets over any of the traditional OEMs, right? We saw Rivian is starting maybe also maybe later than Tesla, but they started to to build vehicles and sell vehicles already last year, as well as Lucid. Fisker is starting this year. Arrival is starting this year. So things are happening already, right? So it's a, it's they are fast-paced companies. They are smaller. They are eager to try new technology and innovation. If you have them ready, right? Don't go and, and put a PowerPoint in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's interesting. It's a, that's a dynamic that is different for us that we need to adapt. Like how do we follow those fast-paced? developments with those guys, right? And it's a, I, we tie it to things that our, our leaders have been, you know, putting together as a strategy, the cultural characteristics about who we want to be as we operate as individuals and as a company at Bridgestone, the idea of being entrepreneurial, the idea of being agile. These are yeah. traditionally things that have been, you know, not a, as big of a focus for us because we have core expertise and we're very large and we move as a global or a regional company. It's got to be fun, Brooke, to see a lot of the moving and, and shaking. And uh, like you gave us your journey through the career, this is you step into this, and I'm sure it's a whirlwind every day. I mean, this is the biggest, <laughs> definitely, is the biggest change that you've seen in the car park in yeah. the last 50 years. Like it's huge. So it is exciting and exciting to be on the forefront because we know, I mean, like I said, we're seeing some today, but we know that's just going to continue to grow. But then we can't lose sight of our core business. I mean, we are going to be ICE vehicles for the foreseeable future. And so just majority ice vehicles, I should say. So it's fun to be able to see what we can do and get ready for the future while also taking care of the core customers. Yeah, that's the the A, right? Uh, the, our core service, right. our core uh, automotive uh, expertise and our core uh, rubber and tire expertise. And to clarify for, for any listeners who may not be familiar, ICE is internal combustion engine that's vehicle, right. right? So ICE. Correct. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate both of you taking the time to explore. I have a feeling this is like a lot of the topics that we've been diving into. It's kind of like, let's check back in a year and see how different just everything is, right? That that would be interesting. <laughs> I agree with that. Because <laughs> I, I do think, you know, we've seen some of these announcements roll out in the last several months, but it is, like we said, conversations ongoing and we're having uh, a lot of fun exploring and seeing what the, the future could hold. So I do think it's something that would be interesting to just check, check back, back in on and see how it all develops. But Cassiano, thank you for taking the time. Brooke, thank you for taking the time and sharing your expertise on emerging OEs. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Great opportunity to talk to you and with our our team, right? Absolutely. Thank you. So as Cassiano and Brooke outlined, there is lots of opportunity in this space, which means there is also a lot to sort through and figure out. Safe to say we have only scratched the surface with the EOE partnerships we've announced at this point, and there's likely to be a little bit more news to come in the months and years ahead. 
If you liked this conversation, be sure to check out some of our other episodes wherever it is you listen to podcasts. While you're there, give us a rating or a review. As noted here in Season 3, you can also watch some of our episodes via the Bridgestone America's YouTube page. Just go to youtube.com slash Bridgestone Americas or search Bridgestone Americas in the YouTube search bar. And of course, you can always reach us via email with comments or questions. Just send a note to thrivepodcast at bfusa.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Keith Cauley reminding you to keep on keeping on. And remember that at Bridgestone, today, tomorrow, together, we thrive. Be good, everybody.